Week 15, the Back Judge Podcast. The relief pitcher of sorts is in, Tommy Murray, hosting the episode. I'm 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 on the East Coast and I'm gonna introduce my my co-hosts, Adam Klepp and Lee Murray, <laughs> live together at the Iron Gate Studios in, in the middle of the country. How we doing, yeah. boys? How we doing on this uh, this beautiful Wednesday night, December sixteenth? Snowing, got some routes in with Connor Ryan. Yeah, Tommy, I was gonna tell you uh you to missed my me. FaceTime. You, you missed my face. He did. Yeah, Connor gave me a call, right? And I thought it was. Oh, you didn't Snapchat you? Of course, Connor. Anytime Connor does something that he's not supposed to do, that's like that he holds to a high standard, like playing football well or playing NCAA well, he immediately needs a witness. He calls somebody to tell them. Just like the minute after, it, it wasn't he, a Snapchat video. No, it was not a Snapchat video. He yeah. doesn't text. It's either he either calls me or Snapchats me. So that's the mm-hmm. uh, that's Connor Ryan's yeah. modes of communication. Did he, did he say beat Clep in one on ones? He did, but he, he said that, yeah, he, yeah. that he said there was a handicap. He said that, and there he said was. that Clep let him score. Um, yeah, that's true. It was more of a strategic score let up, but it was dude. It was a beautiful, it was a good night, game. Man. It was fun. It was fun. Very still, still night. It had snowed all day. There was a nice little layer of snow on the field, and it, but it wasn't that cold. It was good. Good throwing conditions. It was nice. Yeah, no. Good throwing I'm, conditions, except Lee thought he was at the thirty. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, we started from the twenty, and I was overthrowing a bunch because the snow was all over the field. I thought I was at the thirty, so <laughs> we got off to a little bit of a rocky yeah. start, touch wise. Um, so that that means you weren't wearing your. Your David Koresh glasses. Your David Koresh no, clear glasses. Oh, you were, but he you was. They were fogging up a, a little bit. A layer of snow on the field. I couldn't. <laughs> there was no yard markers or anything. It was just a white kind of layer on the field. Oh, jeez. Well, um, well, I, I think did I text you and Tommy this or just you that I have I have two things to to get off my chest. Uh, yep, yeah, only me. I think. Okay, so Tommy, this is a surprise to our host. Uh, Tom, you, you can take us through the games too. That, that'd be that'd just be great. Big big weight off my shoulders. I'd first uh, time in the history of the back judge that Tommy will be taking us through the games. We strap but, in. But but um, two things to get off my chest. Two things to get off my chest. Don't want to try and take up too much time, but would like to hear. I'm gonna lay out the two things, and then you guys can kind of react to it, and we'll go from there. So number one, you know, I enjoyed the game Monday night. Mm-hmm. You know, fun game. Enjoyed it, right? But, like, the idea that these games that are on primetime that are shootouts, just like this Baltimore-Cleveland game and the the KC-LA Rams game from two years ago, are just, like, anointed as, like, the greatest regular season games, uh, just kind of annoys me. Uh, And it concerns me about what the NFL is going to look like going forward. It's AFC North football in December, and, and we're clearing 80 points. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not I'm not super down with that. And obviously we can go down a rabbit hole of, like, what's going on with pass interference penalties and just, like, yardage being up. But it's just, like, I, I'm coming from an era where in, in, you know, elementary school I'm collecting football cards and I'm looking on the back of the quarterback stats and if they threw for 4,000, like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just, I'm just a little bit annoyed with the fact that whenever there's a big shootout game, it's just like anointed as the greatest game in the regular season so far when it's really just totally one-sided for both teams on one side of the ball. Like Cleveland scores in four plays after Lamar comes in and, and scores on a fourth down. And then it's just like, oh, well, they're just going to drive the field immediately and Tucker's going to boot it from 50-plus. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of a foregone conclusion, at least for me. And it just, I don't know, it just kind of annoys me that People are like, oh, this is like great, like you know, and, and the NFL is going to look at it and see, oh, look at all this fan engagement. Like people really like these high-scoring games, and they're not going to fix anything 
with the defensive like issues mm-hmm. like with that both of these teams have and it's just like it annoys me i don't know i want to i want to just say i completely agree i'm very glad you said that and this is something that i almost want to say though like this is no new news this is something that we where we saw people yeah. complaining after the patriots Rams super bowl yeah, exactly. there wasn't enough fireworks when in reality that was a Belichick schemed that game out really well. It was a kind of a defensive battle for the most part. And then, Klepp, a great example with the, the KC Rams game. That's a game that I shouldn't even be speaking on because that's one of the games I didn't watch that year. And I remember hearing all the people talking so much about it and looking through the stat book and just seeing how many ridiculous scoring plays there were and how much there was just yards all over the field. And we're just starting to realize, even with throw the penalties comment in there, like this is just kind of the way that your average NFL fan wants games to be played, I guess. Yeah, and the, the score the, for score. The thing that I wanted to bring up too is like it it reminds me a little bit of the NHL taking away like fighting from the game. So like my dad like hates that there's fighting in the NHL, which is like fine. Like if you don't want to see people fight, like that's it is what it is. Like that's your opinion. But then, you know, they go and try and take it out of the game and guess what? My dad's still not watching NHL hockey. <laughs> right? Like it didn't it didn't change anything. Maybe yeah. you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. It's like yeah. it it's just you know, that just it just kind of annoys me. Like you're mm. going for all these fans who just want to see fireworks. And I, I would be interested to see too, obviously if you take out the quarterback position, what spending is like on the cap going forward for like defensive players. Like if their value starts to lessen um, just because of how overpowered offenses are kind of getting. And it's, again, the game was fun. I enjoyed watching it. We were all, like, my whole family was in the living room kind of enjoying what was going on. And it was it was a great game. But still, it's just like, I don't think that that's the best of what the NFL has to offer. Totally. Second thing. Second I, I, thing I'd I like to address to... that real quick, though, before, yeah, before we get off. I'll make it quick. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not totally on the same page as you guys, but I – I think if this were to become the norm every week, well, then we'd have a problem. But the other game you referenced happened two years ago. I do think the NFL is trending in that direction because offense. I think offense sells and offense wins. Really, at the I mean the and 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 like you said, Lee, that year uh, that the KC Rams game happened was the year that Belichick took down the Rams in the Super Bowl with defense. Um, so I guess what I'll say is I see your guys' concern, but I don't see it being that much of an issue. I do think that the league is becoming more offensive. And that game, too, also, the officiating was awful. was completely awful. That roughing the well, that's passer. Another, that's another theme of yeah. these primetime games. And even not primetime, just like if you're watching well, a full, Sunday, You're just watching Sunday watching ticket. Football, or, you know. and, and these quarterbacks getting rewarded for underthrown balls with pass interference. I mean – defensive back is just getting harder and harder to play. Totally. Like. And that's, you know, and, um, I was just going to say too, I mean, you're talking to someone who, who had an under in that game and then live bet the under again. I thought that, I thought that was the, the handicap, <laughs> the whole, the whole game. I was like, Oh, this first half is, is an aberration. Like they're not going to really score that much in the second half. And I was about as wrong as you ever could be. Um, and, 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 you know, I, so, and, and also I think those two teams, it was just not really expected that it was going to be that much of a shootout, at least for me. And I think for you guys too. So I was, I thought it was a really good game. Um, I think a lot of the Lamar, you know, cramps or whatever else you want to call it and him coming back was part of, you know, the narrative that surrounded all of this and kind of the heroics that he displayed and, and also Baker continuing his, his hot play. But I think um, I would agree with you guys to a certain extent, but I don't think that it really presents a problem at the moment. So I guess that would be my uh, my opinion. 
so so the second thing I want to talk about, which I'm I'm probably more passionate about, and it's I, I want to preface this by saying I was somebody who like when Cam Newton was having his MVP season, he was like dabbing all over the place. Like I he was getting kind of criticized for it, and I thought it was fine. Like I like bat, bat flips in baseball. Kind of like I'm of the opinion like if you want to be like a showboat, it's like go do it. Like you know the other it's up to the other team to kind of stop you. Yeah. Right. Um. But this Juju Smith-Schuster thing is is really on my radar right now with him. Like, and and this started with with Tommy. You'll remember this. And was it week nine or week eight in Dallas? The Steelers are down two possessions in the fourth quarter to the Cowboys. Yep. And Juju Smith-Schuster scores a touchdown, and they're still losing the game after this after the touchdown. And he tried to run out to the star like he was Terrell Owens. And luckily for him, the Steelers kind of like stopped him from doing it. Right, and so I, and then they ended up winning the game. So I was like, all right, I, I'm just gonna let that go. But him going on the field against the Bills and and doing a TikTok on the logo and uploading it before the game, when for two weeks your offense has sucked and you just lost to the Washington Football Team at home, and then you go out there and put a stinker up against the Bills, like I'm I'm kind of done with it. It's like it's annoying to me that that's happening. I agree. I think that's a Juju thing, though. I think that kind of I know, but, and then, but the, the other thing I wanted to say with Juju is, like, I like Juju even when he was playing against the Lions and he had a 99-yard touchdown and he put the chain around the exercise bike. It's like, that's kind of funny. Like, you made a big play. You made a play on the fact that you didn't have your license or something like that, and you're playing Fortnite in the offseason, you know, whatever. But and, and then, too, he got a bunch of sympathy when, you know, Antonio Brown was being, like, a clown show. And like you know, tweeting about him and stuff like that, and it's just like I kind of see not that Juju has the same you know legal issues that Antonio Brown is, but it's like I'm seeing the same crap where it's just like you're thinking about yourself totally with 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 like your your first thought is like oh I'm gonna upload a TikTok pregame yeah like, I can you imagine if you you uploaded a TikTok with with Coach Dewald yeah <laughs> and you played for the Steelers and Mike Tomlin like what's going on there. And so I would hope that someone in that organization tells him to put the freaking phone away. Well, like Klepp, I I tend to agree with you where I'm all for the guys having fun and they and they want to market themselves and they're their own exactly. branders. And I think you said it, Klepp. Like, what did Josh Allen say to Purdue's team before? It's like if they want to dance on the the field, we're basically going to go out there and kick their ass, and that's what they did. So if that isn't a deterrent to Juju and and, and Tommy, it's like Juju Smith Schuster's on track for 800 receiving yards this year. Like, sick. Yeah. Like, like. But I think Juju Claypool does the same thing too. Like Claypool, Claypool said, tweeted out or whatever, like undefeated. Like I don't know her. Like that. They all have been kind of that, playing but up. That, I think, but that like that's different to me than like. You just you're coming off two stinker games, and, and you're you literally have someone on the field like, hey man, like video me while I dance on the logo. Yeah, I think that's different. Like, too. no, 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 I I agree, but I think too. that that was a new new for Ju, for Juju. I'm saying Juju and Claypool have been doing their TikTok dances. The receiver room as a whole has been doing their their TikTok thing the whole year. And you know it's it's kind of their prerogative, and they got they got their asses kicked by the Bills. Like, I mean. You know, I and I don't think Juju is like a diva. Like I think Juju's a team player. He's a guy that I would love to have on my team. I think he's a really good receiver. I don't think he's a superstar number one, but I think he does a lot of things well. And you know, I don't. You know, I don't think he is an Antonio Brown level. You know. Yeah. No. I. I. I just my the last thing I'll say about this before Tommy, you can take point is just like the Steelers to me were like a really good team, and all of us were supporting them really hard. And I feel like they felt like they won the Super Bowl in Week Ten. Yeah, 
Like, it's, it's kind of how I feel about them right now. And so they're just, it's, yeah. it's on my radar. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's more, I honestly would go as far as to say I think it's more of like a juju thing than a Steelers For sure. Thing. And so I think it, time will tell kind of how he, you know, he's no longer kind of like the little adorable you know, youngster in the in the in the group anymore. He's the most veteran receiver on that team. He's in a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see if he, you know, when he's 26 and on his second contract, wherever he may be, Pittsburgh or elsewhere, if he's going to be up to the same things, uh, you know, time will tell. But and I think that kind of just comes with the territory with like a personality like Juju. Juju's performing too. I think like he's been the most consistent of those receivers. I think Claypool obviously has a higher ceiling, but he's their go-to guy. He's not dropping it like Deontay Johnson and, and Eric Ebron. Um, no, Juju's been good. And I mean, and, I never thought, and, yeah. and this is a whole new thing because like I completely agree with you guys. Like if I was Mike Tomlin, I would ream Juju out for dancing on the logo before. I think there's a difference between doing a TikTok. You know, I would prefer after the game, but before the game in the locker room, if you and the receiver guys are all doing it, whatever. Like just go out and perform. But going out there and giving them that sort of bulletin board material is something I would hate to see, as especially as a fan. Um, so I guess I'm in, I'm in agreement, but I don't think Juju is a, like an albatross on the team by any means, or a diva in the same way that Antonio Brown or even my guy T.O. was really good. Cool. So I'm good now. (laughs) Clean chest class. CEO got that off his chest. Let's take it to tomorrow night's game in Las Vegas. The Los Angeles chargers are traveling to Vegas to take on the Raiders it's the the Raiders are three point favorites and the total is lined at fifty four currently right now. Um, Clep, where's your head at for this game? Um, oh God, it's just it's another it's kind of a stay away for me in terms of the spread. Um, I'll pick the Raiders straight up. Chargers finally got you know a good a good win at the end of the game. Maybe not a good win, but they finally you know just hit the field goal and, and won one at the end right um, last week against um, the. Falcons. Yeah, Falcons. But, uh, I mean, I'm just going to side with the Raiders because I think, you know, Gruden's a better coach than the Chargers. I was on the Raiders the first time they played um, this season. Raiders, I I was kind of middling on them at the start of the season, and then I kind of got a little high on them during the season. I'm, now I'm kind of lower on them than I've ever been. I just – I don't really know. I mean, they fired what is Paul Gunther at yep. de- defensive coordinator – I mean, that's not going to be an instant fix for anything. They still just have kind of tough personnel on that side of the ball. I thought it would be better with some of the additions they made in the offseason, but um, it's still not really where it needs to be on that side of the football. And, you know, I mean, they they got waxed by the Falcons. They barely beat the Jets, and then they kind of got bullied by the Colts. So it's just like I don't think they're a very good team. I think they might end up, you know, making the wild card with the extended playoff. You know, I'd lean them minus three just because of the way that the Chargers have been coached you know, all season long, but uh, I'll pick the Raiders to win, but I wouldn't bet this one. Yeah, I'm resident Raiders guy, man. I, I've got a nice, healthy lean towards that minus three. Uh, I wouldn't put it in my best bets. I'm staying away from the Thursday night action. Like Klepp said, I can't really disagree too hard. This has been one of the uh, least trustworthy teams in the league, I'd say, over the past three weeks with the resume they've put out. But hey, this is a perfect opportunity for them to kind of right the ship, stay right in that AFC wild card hunt. Um, you're at home. This game, I don't, I'm not sure if you guys remember, a few weeks ago came down to a two-point conversion the Chargers went for to win the game. Um, you know, last play of the game, basically, and it was a corner of the end zone drop. So I'm expecting the game to be close, you know, on paper. So I understand why the, the, the number's three. But if you look at the full body of work 
from both both these teams all season, the Raiders probably should be more of a favorite. And the only reason this number is three is because the Raiders have been a bottom-tier team in the NFL the past three weeks. So I, as the resident Raiders guy, as the Gruden fan, as the guy who said this team is going to make the playoffs before the year, um, obviously those hopes are kind of dwindling with the huge loss to the Colts last week. But now is the time to right the ship. For are they Vegas. seven and six right now? Um, they're they are seven and six, yeah. and we're we're in the final stretch here. You got three games left to kind of make things right, um, and this is a spot where the Vegas doesn't have a choice. They cannot go wrong here. I think I'm not sure who the yeah no it's if I'm off the top of my head. This is enough playoff machine action to remember. I'm pretty sure the Raiders have Chargers, Dolphins, Broncos. So you got to win two of those games, yeah. if not three. Um, and this is where that starts at home on a short week against an inexperienced team that still does have talent. So, like I said, I got a healthy lean to the Raiders minus three. I would definitely consider betting it, but not in my best bet. Yeah, I guess I'm going to be uh, on Chargers Island here. I'm uh, I'm surprised that you guys. Uh, I mean, I think this. I would line this at a. Uh, I did it at two and a half, but I'm, the more that I think of it, I think of it more really of uh, as a pick'em. The Raiders have, I just looked this up because I don't know if you guys are informed about this, Cleland Farrell, Nick Morrow, Damon Arnett, Jonathan Abram are all going to be out. Severe uh, losses on the defense. Ruggs too. Yeah, Ruggs is out too. Um, And the Chargers, I take all your guys' points about the coaching, obviously, and backing the Chargers. That's always a a tough thing to do. But the Raiders' defense, even with those guys, is not very good. The fact that they're out kind of their best players, with the exception of, I guess, Max Crosby, really – um, is not really uh, – it makes me enthusiastic to back them at all, especially when I know that the Chargers' offense, I think, presents a certain floor um, with Herbert and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and all the weapons that they have. Um, for me, this is Chargers' money line or, or bust or maybe a Chargers' team total over. I think the over – it's 54 is a lot of points, but I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to score with, with relative ease. But I just think the Chargers are a little bit healthier right now. Um, and I think they got the better quarterback, really, at the end of the day. So um, I probably will be teasing the Chargers because they uh, have only lost two teasers all year. And I think this is probably going to be a very high-scoring game where, you know, the Chargers, I would not be surprised at all if the Chargers went outright. And I probably will be picking them to win outright. And plus 150 on the money line, I think, is pretty darn good value for a game that I kind of see more as a pick em. Alrighty, bo- I'm I'm going to go ahead and give a... I'm going to give the under here. Yeah. I'm not usually a game total guy, but I'm going to throw the under. I think 54. I think both teams are going to run the ball a little bit more than we expect. And and you see the kind of bad defense, short week, you know, Herbert Carr shootout thing. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a war of attrition. And this one might end up being, you know, a 24 to 17 or a 28 to 20 game. Yeah. Um, I, I think Chargers team total is actually where I'm leaning. I don't I don't know what it I think it's around twenty four. Um I don't even want to do the implied score math on that fifty four. Maybe one of you guys can do that for me, but <laughs> I think the Chargers being dogs, they're the lower number. Um I would probably attack them. So uh great breakdown, boys. We got some Saturday, December football. You know, every year we it comes around and you get the late week fifteen, week week sixteen. And they always give you games that make you want to watch college instead, don't they? I mean, I, at least for me. Uh, yeah, I th- I think these two, I, two two kind of snoozy matchups, uh, you know. Yeah, well, I think they 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 feature two of the better teams in the NFL. Let's start on the AFC one, the the four thirty game on Saturday, four thirty Eastern. Buffalo traveling to Denver. Twenty eight twenty five. Is that that's that's the implied that's the implied I score? I think so. That would be <laughs> just, <laughs> that would be fifty three. So it's probably twenty eight and a half and twenty. 
Yeah. 25 and a half, right? Or, or t- yeah, 29 and 20. <laughs> <laughs> 29 24. Sorry, I didn't even know if we're talking Bills Broncos. No, yeah, we're talking Bills Broncos. Yeah. Um, let's keep this rotation going, Clep. What do, what do you think of this game? Um, Bills are six point favorites, and the total is 50. Well, Lee's doing his uh, his his best bets. I'm bringing back baller, faller, holler. Yeah. Uh, a little bit retroactive to uh, to last week, but uh, I'm going to holler at Stephon Diggs. Um, I don't think that, you know, move by the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he got a lot of credit last week. I just feel like it's been one of the more underrated moves. Trading a late first to, to get Stephon Diggs, who's just been really awesome uh, this year for the Bills. Um, that whole wide receiver room has really just been like acquired within the past two, three seasons. And um, he, he's kind of been the one that has taken it to another level. And obviously Josh Allen's you know elevated play has a lot to do with that too. But just wanted to holler at Stephon Diggs. And I, I, I think 9-6 with the Bills. I love this pick. Uh, this would be one of my picks of the week if I were doing a, a three picks of the week like Lee is. But uh, I just think the Bills are a really, really solid team. Obviously, you know, you do have to travel to Denver, but, you know, no crowd that doesn't scare me as much. And, you know, I think this is maybe a situation, too, where the Broncos are being pumped up a little bit after a win uh, last week. And it's not like the Bills don't know how to play in, in cold weather. So um, I'll, I'll take the Bills here, minus six. I, I think that the offense is great, and I think the defense is capable of putting together – Really good performances, and I like Locke to turn the ball over twice, twice, two times. Yeah, um, I, I think Clep pretty much nailed that one. I'm, I'm with him. Uh, I don't know if I like the minus six as much, just because betting against the Broncos in Denver um, and giving them points, it's just kind of a scary thing to do, even with Drew Locke being the quarterback. But if I had to pick a side, I definitely would be on Buffalo. Um, I think Locke will be turning the ball over, and the Bills will be capitalizing off of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Buffalo. Yeah, this is a perfect tee spot, I think, right at that six. You know, if you guys want to get a little frisky, Chargers plus nine, Bills straight up. That's a nice little selection there. Um, Yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, I said it last week. I I think I've been kind of the hottest on the Bills out of you guys, um, you know, throughout these these last couple weeks. And, uh, you know, I just, Klepp, you summed it up, really, what they're doing as an organization, bringing in Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley over the last couple years assembling the offensive line that they did uh, to really, you know, have Josh Allen maximize his potential. And then we, we've mentioned week after week, you know, uh, McDermott and Dable doing what they're doing. And Leslie Frazier is their, D, is their DC as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. And their defense, I think, probably had their best game of the year against against Pittsburgh. Really played up, really played inspired. Um, really looked like the, the unit that I think... How's that Vanessa doing this year? What's that? He's a, it's an open, that's an open question. He's, he's, I think he's just a rotational guy. Right. I don't think he's getting very many, uh, very many reps. Epineza, Tommy. Um, I think Epineza is is starting. If I don't say number fifty-seven, wearing that number fifty-seven with some pride. Um, yeah. I, I can log on to my PFF, see how many snaps he's got. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you guys. Bill, I would take Bills minus six if I have to take anything. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to add one more thing to this, Tommy, yeah. before we before we move forward. I'm I'm kind of putting you know Josh Allen in the same realm as like Lamar Jackson, where it's just like I think a lot of people are really you know glomming onto him, and I still remember like last year against the Texans, he just looked like one of the most out of control, frazzled people like playing quarterback that I've ever seen. So yeah. it's just like I I think the Bills obviously are having a much better season than the Ravens are, but um, I don't know. I, and I and I liked Allen in the pre-draft process. Like I, yep. not, I've never been like a Josh Allen should play tight end like type of guy. But it's just like I think, I think we should wait and see how he plays in the playoffs. He'll likely get totally. a home game. 
like let's 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 see what it what happens then because uh last year was an abject disaster against the Texans. Yeah, and uh it's something that I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks, um the parallels between Lamar season last year and Josh Allen Allen season this year. The the listeners won't know, but a very close family friend of Lee and I, Steve Malkinson, uh, has his pet project every year. And last He's year, been in the intro. Yes, Malkinson has yeah. been in the intro. Last year it was Lamar Jackson. This year uh, it's been Josh Allen. And, and something that I've really been thinking about, and I don't know if people have made the comparison, um, is I could kind of see Josh Allen seeing, you know, that's why I said last week, like this is it. last week I said in the podcast that this year is his ceiling. We're seeing the best that Josh Allen really is going to be able to play. And if whether he returns this level to play remains to be seen, but Dable's probably going to be gone next year. Um, and, you know, we saw this year with Lamar, kind of his regression with Roman's offense being figured out. I think it's going to be interesting to see. We're going to really see what Josh Allen is as an NFL player next year when he's stripped of his offensive coordinator and the league kind of has the book out on him. Um, but before we move on, I don't know what you guys think about this, but 50 seems like a lot of points for me. Um, you know, I think both of these defenses are pretty good. It's going to be cold. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, 50 just seems a, t- a tad bit high for my liking. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm, I've never been pretended to be a totals guy. So we can we can move on to Green Bay Saturday. 31-19. 31-19. No, that's not it, is it? Yeah. No. No, no, um, yeah, no! I just added six and minus six. It's minus three. So twenty-eight, uh, twenty-eight, twenty-two, twenty-two. Yep, twenty-eight, twenty-two. Broncos team total under. Man, give me that. Another thing, when I was listening back to our our episode from last week, man, we were all kind of we all picked Carolina, and Drew Locke. I think we got to give him some credit. He threw four touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. I pointed out in that episode that if he was going to have a get right spot. It was going to be against that Carolina secondary, and I think, you know, he's got a tough task this Tim week. Tim Patrick, UDFA, look out. Tim Patrick is is having himself a nice year, a real physical UDFA, specimen. bring him in, Detroit. Let's <laughs> you, go. You think Locke will start a game next year? Um, just in yes. general, yeah, I would say yes. For, yeah, okay. Just curious. Um, Not that he should, but <laughs> let's move it on to Green Bay boys. Lambeau, Clep's ultimate destination, Lambeau Field, um, Carolina. True. Traveling to Green Bay, eight and a half is the line. Packers minus eight and a half have a total of fifty-one. Big man Klepp, where's your head at on this one? Yeah, I'm I'm all over Green Bay here. Uh, Lions. So the Lions backdoored last week, huh? Yep. Just like I said. Yeah, the, that won't happen this week. Uh, my holler, or no, my faller is is Teddy B. Um, that's my faller, and I hate to do it to him, but I don't know like the exact stats on this, but. I feel like every time I've watched a Panthers game and it's been like close game in the fourth quarter and he's had the ball, they just haven't won. Like they, they must have like the most non-close. Like I don't know. Like just he can't lead a drive to win a game. Obviously Minnesota, Joey Sly, he led him to like a 54-yard field goal and Sly missed it. But um, Teddy just can't really play from behind. And the offense has like pieces, even with McCaffrey out. Like you have Curtis Samuel, you have DJ Moore, you have Robbie Anderson. I just think they should be getting more from the, them offensively, uh, especially in the end-of-game situations. And Panthers have just kind of been frustrating to me because I feel like they should have a little bit of a better record than they do. I'm saying goodbye to six wins, Packers, uh, minus eight and a half. Uh, I like the eight and a half here with Carolina. I think well, it'll be a close game in the fourth quarter. I'll lock um, it off with you. you uh, yeah. You, you want to you yeah. put that on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's not like like I like I like to say it's not something I'd like to put in my best bets. But in yeah, Lambo, I, I definitely Lambo? I definitely would lean Carolina. I don't know how much Green Bay necessarily like scares me. Like I think they're a good team, but I don't really think that there's a juggernaut in the NFC that's going to that I'm necessarily like worried to bet against. Um, I think Green Bay should outplay them, but I don't know, man. I think this could this could be kind of a late season snooze spot for uh, for Green Bay overlooking a Carolina team that's kind of been outperformed consistently for the past couple of weeks. So I, I like Carolina with the points here. Lee learned from last week, baby. I'm, the handicap's the same the same for me. I'm not as confident as I was with the Lions, but eight and a half is too many points. Is this Saturday? It's yeah. This is the yeah, Saturday, Saturday night, night game. Night. Just not a Saturday football. Just beating a, a another, just like the Lions. Uh, the offense is live in Carolina. Both two bad defenses. Aaron Rodgers is going to get his. He's going to throw for three touchdowns. Devontae Adams is going to have two hundred and seventy-five yards again, just like Klepp said. And Carolina is going to backdoor him. You know, it's just eight and a half. That's you're getting over seven. Um, I just think Carolina's offense is, is relatively live. We saw that last week against a Denver defense that I think is is pretty solid. And, again, it's just like the motivation. There's not a lot of motivation for, for Green Bay to go out there and continually you know, keep the pressure on and just absolutely wax them. And even if they're up 21-6 at halftime, I still think there's a the potential there for Carolina to, to backdoor. Um, definitely going to be picking the Packers. I think you know, the Bills-Packers tease is going to just populate frats across America, man. Uh, <laughs> Bills pick them and Packers minus 2.5. I think that's kind of where I would lean. Um, but yeah, eight and a half is a little too many points. I've seen it at nine somewhere. Um, I think the Packers, you know, I, I'm kind of with Lee where I just don't think they're they're that much of a juggernaut where you have to fear them that much. So I will be picking the Tommy, Packers. Tommy, I'm gonna I'm gonna make things a little hard on you here and, and and take it back a game. You mentioned the Broncos defense. Could you just quickly, do you guys think Fangio's back next year? He shouldn't he shouldn't be. I mean, actually, I don't I think I think he should be, man. I think Fangio isn't an awful coach. I think he's a great defensive coordinator, but he's just not I mean, he's just not a guy that I would if I'm a Broncos fan, I would want an offensive mind. Obviously, they need to get the quarterback position right. Um because I think their weapons are all legit. Like Tim Patrick, Judy, and um Hamlin. Patrick's not going to be there next year. Even not, they got Cortland Sutton. Hamler had two touchdowns, and, and you know, Hamler kind of had his best game of the year last Completely, Lee, and KJ Hamler is a legit deep threat. I mean, we all we all yeah. were, were high on Hamler in the draft process. He's a little bit of a body I catch guy. Or, Klepp wasn't. I was be- not high on him. Because of the drop. Day three pick. The drop issues, but he you can't teach that kind of game-breaking speed that he has. So I really believe in the Broncos' offensive weapons going forward, and I really want to see them get that quarterback position right um i know we've been hearing a little another side note supposedly Jameis is in line for that that saints job next year i would love to see Jameis in denver man recreate that is he, in, is he under contract in, in new orleans next year no he's not but sean yeah. payton sean payton came out and said that he said both Taysom and, and Jameis are gonna have a shot at the i don't like the idea of Jameis playing in denver because i don't think he's Play, I think he's probably played like four or five games west of the Mississippi in his life. He's like a purebred Southern boy, Florida, SEC, yeah. or ACC, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. So I don't know how he would uh, handle the cold. But yeah, I mean, Fair. it's, it's, inter- it's definitely interesting. That type of archetype, strong arm guy who can really push the field, who I guess is not Drew Locke. Um, you guys catch Jerry Judy's uh, route on one of that, the second catch of the game? That, uh, that, no. that classic... Uh, 
he ran a streak and did a little fake inside. You guys should look it up. Just burning whatever poor Carolina Panther uh, corner is out there. Um, Corn Elder? No, it wasn't Corn Elder. <laughs> um, let's move. Trey Boston. Yeah, I think Boston's a safety, but let's enough of this hogwash. Let's move on to Sunday morning. Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Atlanta, five and a half point favorites on the road. The total is at 50 and a half. Clep, let's go to you again, yeah, man. Give me the Bucks. Not too much to say about this one. The Falcons are kind of a sorry team. So, uh, Bucks minus five and a half. I think the Buccaneers will, will beat these teams that, um, you know, they should beat. I think the real question with them is once they, you know, make, I think they'll probably end up being a wild card team um, when it's all said and done. And, I don't know. I think it'll be a little bit tough for them to to navigate the NFC from you know uh, from you know three road games to the Super Bowl. So we'll see. I don't know. I like the Bucks in this in this game at least. I'm not totally sold on them though. Overall, um, definitely have come down on them a little bit from where I was at week one. Yeah, Rojo not playing in this game either. He's got COVID. So we're gonna see Fournette come off the come off the healthy <laughs> scratch. The, uh, how the mighty have fallen a year later with Leonard Fournette. Um, but he's going to get his reps in this game. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Bucks here. I'm not going to put him in best bets because I've relied on them a little too heavily yeah. um, this year. And I'm just going to kind of burned on the Bucks whenever I, I picked them. I'm going to take. I, I they, they did me well last week, thanks to Dan Bailey for the most part. I'm going to take an ice week on the Bucks here because I do really like this line a lot. Five and a half. I mean, division game too. D- division is, game, but Atlanta is a castrated team. Yeah. This team is. <laughs> You you you're already you know like bordering on PJ thirteen there, buddy. You're, you know, <laughs> but but I mean, look, you you go to LA and you're playing a team with just as bad or worse of a record than you and a rookie yep. quarterback and, and and just a lifeless performance, especially with the Chargers that you have another gaff special teams. It's like the the Chargers are like the the circus in the NFL. They're going from city to city, and it's just like entertaining everything that what, what's Anthony Lynn going to do this week, but. Um, Atlanta, yeah, their season's over. I think Raheem Morris may be coaching himself out of that position, possibly, um, where you know a lot of people thought, hey, maybe they might just keep this guy. The team's playing motivated with him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Buccaneers, minus five and a half here. Yeah, I am too. Uh, Lee, I'm surprised you didn't throw this in the best bets. I think, you know, I think Tampa, they kind of – I think Tampa, Minnesota both kind of underperformed last week, but Tampa yet was still able to – I mean, their offense is legit, and they, their defense is still really good. I think their defense kind of suffered some some reputation after that Kansas City game and um, obviously the New Orleans games. They've had some stinkers, but Lee, you said it, man. The Atlanta, the fighting eunuchs. That's what I'm going to start calling them because they, <laughs> they, they, offer, they offer absolutely nothing. This is an offense that should be able to put up, you know, like 20 to 30 points a game pretty easily with the weapons they have. I don't know what Julio's status is, but I think Tampa Bay's defense shuts them down indoors for Brady in the Dome. No pass rush from Atlanta. Um, I think this is a clear Buccaneers, you know, seven seven plus uh, win margin of victory spot. I'm throwing a faller out. Todd Gurley, faller. Yeah, <sighs> boy, this guy has if been. Only Brian Hill could. Uh, <laughs> uh, could. Hey man, that's Edo Todd Smith's Gurley's job, man. Edo been... Smith is about yeah. to take over that job. Well, they're probably going to draft a running back, I would assume, but. Todd Gurley has been uh, has been pretty bad the past few weeks, completely invisible. So that's a faller call right there. Yeah, hey, Lee, nice call there. I'm going to have to start to think of my uh, my baller, faller, and holler. Uh, let's move on to the bank, Baltimore. Jacksonville traveling up to Baltimore. Uh, the, ja- the, the Ravens are 13-point favorites at home. The total sits at 47.5. Let's throw it over to Klepp once again. What are you thinking? 
you know, Minshew's back, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't like lock in the Ravens minus thirteen. Um, so he's the starter this weekend. Uh, yeah, they're they're bringing back Minshew. So, um, yeah, I'll take the I'll, I'll you know what, I'll say Jags plus thirteen. Ravens win, mm. but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet it. But yeah, I went on a tangent last week about how the Jags were the the bet against the Titans because they've been doing the same thing every week when they're seven and a half point underdogs. And they got smoked by the Titans uh, last week. So definitely a little more worried betting the Jags. But, yeah, I mean, if I'm picking a line, I'm absolutely taking the 13 points with Jacksonville. Um, I, it's not like Baltimore has been world beaters this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So, not it, like Baltimore has been world, world beaters. And um, I honestly really don't – I don't like Minshew as a quarterback that much because I don't think he has the capability of, like, going through his reads and making throws. I think he, need, he needs to, like, all of a sudden make everything, like, this improvised kind of, like – mishmash that ends up working a lot of the time but it's not sustainable in the nfl and you know i think it's a big part of the reason why they beat indianapolis but i think it's also an even bigger part of the reason why you know he's not going to retain it's the not sustainable job and, yeah so um I, I like jacksonville with the 13 points i think they're some somewhat competitive team i don't think they're that baltimore is going to come in and, and, and boat race them like they're the jets or something so so i'll take the 13 with jacksonville but i'm not in love with it i guess i'm on ravens minus 13 island um, my, my days of touting the, the Jags as, as big point underdogs are over. I avoided them last week and I, I don't really see how one, I think they really struggle against the run. We saw that last week with Derek Henry, the physical kind of downhill run style that Tennessee per, uh, presented. I think Baltimore's gonna be able to do the same thing. JK Dobbins, you know, looking good. Gus Edwards, my guy, Mark Ingram has been relegated to the bench. So you got that two headed monster thriving and then Lamar man like he's just kind of in this window of he's just pretty unstoppable when he gets out of the pocket uh, in terms of running that run that he made against uh, Cleveland I don't know if you guys saw this going around the the internet universe but when Lamar made that amazing touchdown run that 20-yard scramble Willie Sneed was like wide not wide open but NFL wide open for a touchdown where if he were he was going across the field and if Lamar would have led him like any other NFL quarterback would it would have been a touchdown but Lamar just has the ability to take off and and you know make plays with his with his feet and just be a truly dynamic athlete in the open field and I just think Jacksonville's not gonna have an answer for that and I know the Bravens defense didn't make me look good last week but you brought it up with Minshew not really sustainable what he's doing um a lot of turnover chances, I think, with, with his play style. And I still think Baltimore's strength is really in their secondary. They can rush the passer. Um, you know, I'm probably not going to bet the Ravens minus 13, but there is no way that I would take um, the Jags plus 13. I think Ravens, what is it, probably minus 6.5 first half. That's probably where I would uh, attack this game at. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. But um, let's move on to Jerry World. The four, what do you got, Tommy? The 49ers are traveling to Dallas. They, Dallas hasn't won back-to-back games this whole year, right? They have not. Dallas. Right, Niners. <laughs> Dallas is uh, three-point dogs at home, and the total's 45. Klepp, you're on the Niners minus three. Anything? Well, you know, it would have been the ultimate game if, if Mullins had won last week. Because, right, that's the whole, he hasn't won back-to-back games either. No, but Mullins right? does win after he loses. Yeah, so... Mullins so, is great at playing good, yeah. and people, and then people are like, oh, he's impressive, and then playing so bad that all, everything, they, they wish they didn't say anything good about him, and then just playing good enough to keep his job the next week. So yeah, it's not, so I, I think this is a lock for the Niners based on the fact that the, the Cowboys haven't won back-to-back games all year, and this is Mullins coming off of a, a loss. 
Dare I say that the Dallas Cowboys are catching some steam right now, T-Bone? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've been a bigger Cowboys supporter than anyone this year. I I mean... Tommy, should I start Gallup this week? No. Yeah, you definitely no. shouldn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... I I don't know, man. I uh, I'm gonna lean Niners here, but uh, I think this should be a, a close game. I really do. I think that three is just about right. Um, I think it'd be kind of silly for the Cowboys to be a favorite, considering kind of their body of work all year. And the Niners, right when people count them out, they're gonna win a game. So I think Shanahan will find a way to exploit this Cowboys defense, and the Niners will stay competitive. Um, so yeah, but honestly, if I'm picking a line here, I I might take the three with the Cowboys, mm. just because I do think this would be a close game. And I think the Cowboys could win this game, honestly. I, I, like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. So uh, I'm, I'm leaning Dallas. But in pick I'll probably take the Niners. Yeah, I'm, I'm fading the Cowboys, man. They, they did their job last week. We all were, were on the Cowboys. That was just like, that was a beautiful game to be a Cowboys backer last, uh, last week. They go up with the defensive touchdowns, and the Bengals are just lifeless. They're, they're the worst team in the NFL. Um, and then the Niners, on the other hand, just laid a huge dud. Nick Mullins probably played the worst game of his career. The football team continues uh, to make me look good. and But I think this changes because the Cowboys just can't do what the football, not even the, you know, they need to be the football team to beat the 49ers, but they just do nothing defensively that's going to make Nick Mullins' uh, life hard. And I think the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball down their throat. Um, your boy Ayuk, Klepp, I mean, he's a, he's an absolute stud. It sucks that Debo's out. Um, I, it looks like Kittle's going to be coming back next week. But I just think this is a perfect bounce-back spot for the 49ers. And the 49ers' defense, man, is awesome. They played great against the football team. Um, really gave them, you know, every opportunity in the world to win that game. And well, it helps when Dwayne Haskins is like <laughs> – floating balls three yards behind yeah, the receiver well, across the middle. He was he was brutal, but even before that, man, like Alex Smith had nothing. Um, the football team, I think I heard something on a, a podcast about if the football team got one more, like all their points were off defensive scores. Like, they didn't get one offensive touchdown, I don't think, against um, – I could Jeez, be wrong. That's really impressive. Um, but, yeah, the, the Cowboys, man, like I'm taking, uh, I'm taking the sexy Shanahan man over the fat man any day. And uh, the Cowboys, like, this is a perfect spot to, to fade them. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Niners minus three all day. Uh, let's take it to Indy. The Texans traveling to Indianapolis. The Colts are seven-point favorites at home. The total sits at 50-and-a-half. Big man Klepp, where's your head at here? Uh, I, guess the, I guess the Colts, I don't know. I mean, I probably would have been a Texans backer if not for – last week and maybe I'm reading too much into that game but um I, I don't know how you get beat that badly by the Bears I mean their their defense is good but they were coming off of two straight performances against the Packers and the Lions in which they were letting up points and yards left and right and uh, they just kind of got I mean Bears killed them so uh, that game wasn't even close Colts played a really a really good game against the Raiders too I mean I I've probably been lower on the Colts than I should be and higher on the Texans than I should be. So um, I'll begrudgingly take the Colts minus seven. Yeah, I like the Colts minus seven. I think a big reason why the Texans were so bad is because they're absolutely, especially when Cooks, Fuller, and David Johnson are out, they, they have no playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, we're looking at Duke Johnson, Kiki Kuti, Chad Hansen. Like, these guys aren't... Uh, who you want to be your, 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 your top options on offense. Yeah, Aikens. 
So, yeah, I'm on the Colts minus seven here. I think that this is definitely a, a, a sturdy lean for me. I think the Texans season, they've done what they could, but uh, and it is AFC South divisional game, so it should be wacky, but but I, I don't think the Texans have enough firepower to keep up. Yeah, I guess I'll be on Texans Island, man. Um, I think. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'll holler, Jonathan Taylor. Great performance against the Raiders last week. Um, kind of coming into into form as a running back, and it's good to see him have a kind of his, his biggest game of the season. You know, um, a lot of people kind of were were questioning that pick at, at a certain point this year after the fumble against the Ravens and whatnot. So, shout out Jonathan Taylor with the with the monster game. Yeah, Lee, great great point out. He's really been hitting stride, and he's gonna have another huge game this week. Um, it's a shame Gale isn't in the playoffs because he'd be he'd be riding her all the way to the championship with another Houston's. Uh, Run defense is one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. I expect Jonathan Taylor to have another big game, but you know when when these uh, I'm doing a little research here when these when these guys played back on December sixth, the the line was I believe three um, in Houston. This was the the famous controversy we had on the pod uh, a couple weeks ago where I we didn't know if it was in Houston or in Indianapolis, <laughs> and and Klepp had to come in on the Google machine and straighten it all it all out for us. Um, you know I think. Seven is too much. I think Cooks is back this week. I think we kind of saw Houston probably should have beat Indianapolis in that game. Um, the the angle that I'm more excited about for here is the over of 50 and a half. Um, this game famously, the, the I'm referring to the one on December 6th, was a 24-20 lead for um, Indy at half. I know this because a lot of people in the gambling community were huge on this over, and at halftime it was it was 44 points, and they needed a touchdown for it to go. I think it was at 48 was the over under or 50. It's kind of regardless, and there was two points scored in the second half. <laughs> um, and I just think this is a perfect bounce back spot for Houston for to get their offense back on on track. So that's what you expected to happen on Monday. Is what's that? That's what you ha- expected to happen on Monday. The second half scoreless. <laughs> exactly. You better believe yeah. it, man. I had I had 17 and 19 points in live unders that I needed in that second half, and that happened in within once whatever his name is. Your boy Tyus Bowser had that one-handed pick. I was like, oh god! And another thing, not to go back to this, Cream Hunt was was out. That wasn't a catch. Maybe it, I, it's not like my under was was going to hit if that never happened. But I don't know if you guys remember that. But Kareem Hunt did not get both feet down. If Marvin Jones's catch isn't a catch, but Kareem Hunt's catch is a catch. It's just ridiculous, man. I think they both were probably. Yeah, you're probably but. you're probably right. Um, I'm probably gonna be picking the Colts to win. I think they're a better team, better coach football team, uh, kind of establishing themselves as a little bit of a cream of the crop in the AFC. But seven points, um, probably. I think Houston makes this a one possession game at some point, and I think this is gonna be an overlook for sure. So I'm I'm into the over fifty and a half, and I kind of see a similar game script to what we saw back on on December sixth. So. Let's move on to South Florida, Miami to be exact. Lee's New England Patriots. I'm going to refer to the Patriots as Lee's team because he's been <laughs> he's been the biggest Patriots guy all year. Um, traveling down to Miami as one-and-a-half-point dogs right now with a total of 41-and-a-half. Um, Lee, let's let's let, have you uh, kick it off. Where, what's your Pats. 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 I think the Pats are in a great position. This has been what they've been doing all year. I mean, they got embarrassed against the Rams on Thursday night. They got a long week. Miami coming off a very emotional roller coaster of a game against Kansas City. A very hard fought game. By the way, Miami, those throwback uniforms with the old helmets are awesome. Sweet. They're they awesome. They should be the primaries. They should be the primaries. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, you got Belichick, long week. Playoff <clears throat> hopes are still alive. Miami just so happens to be a division rival that is right in your way in the playoff picture. Um, I think they're going to find a scheme to make Tua's life uh, H-E-L-L. I, I can't, I'm not, I already you had the, cast, I had I the castration line. I got to work backwards a little bit here. But uh, I think they're going to make his, I thought Tua was going to have a bad spot against KC and play a worse game. He rallied. Things were looking kind of ugly in the first half, but boy, Miami played really well in the second half. Tua impressed me yet again um, against the odds that I, I gave him. But yeah, I think this is going to be a spot where it, it's not necessarily Tua messing up a bunch, but New England just kind of suffocating them and, and scoring just enough points to win here. And uh, Belichick staying undefeated against Flores this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, yep. they won the first one. So I, I think the Patriots saved their season here with a win, but not best, best material just because it's been a little bit of a rocky road for the Patriots. And Miami has been, uh, you know, fairly impressive uh, the past few weeks. I, I'd lean minus one and a half Miami. I'm not super confident. Um Maybe this is a stupid pick, but if it's 41 points, 41 and a half, I'll just take the over. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe I'm just getting too too big on the number there just because of uh, how these two offenses have uh, struggled a little bit. And I, I don't, Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. 21-20 would be the final score. I, I, I mean, that would be some, yeah. I'd like some uh, defensive touchdowns. I'd be predicting a defensive touchdown if that were to be. I'll take over 41 and a half. Woo! Love it, Clep. Um, I'm on the Dolphins too. I think this number is probably right. There's, I think. Are you picking the Patriots? At least picking the Patriots. Um, I'm gonna take the Dolphins. I just don't see, and I guess I'm gonna direct this question at Lee. I just don't see how the Patriots are gonna score on offense, man. Like, I think last week proves something that I pointed out in the Kansas City Miami handicap we did last week is just Miami's defense is pretty darn for real. And they're gonna their pass defense especially I think is really good. Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are probably the two best corners, uh, cornerback duo in the league right now. The New England already can't pass the ball to begin with, and I think we're gonna kind of see a similar. Well, they, I think they can do similar things that to what the Rams did. Um, and as a guy, here's two things I'll say. Or sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Here's two things I'll say. The first thing I'll say is, um, Miami's defense is good, but. A couple of those interceptions were dumb luck. Like they were they were off the receiver's hands or just Mahomes not throwing a great ball, honestly, not locating the ball well. And uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is I really think the Patriots are only going to need to score anywhere from 20 to 24 points to win this game. And I think that they're absolutely capable of doing that just by kind of the war of attrition style of game they've played all year. Especially if Klepp's saying there could be a defensive touchdown. Now, I'm assuming that he says that, that he, when he's saying that, he means for either team. I think the Patriots could very well get a special teams or defensive touchdown, too. That would be a huge help for them. I don't see how Miami's going to light up the scoreboard necessarily against the Patriots. Like, I don't think that this, like, that's why I think the line is just about right. You got the Patriots on the road. I mean, I think that it's going to have to be a bounce back spot for Cam uh, on a long week, and the Patriots are going to have to run the ball a little bit more effectively. And, you know, like I said, score 21, 24 points and get out of there with a win, just like they did in week one. Yeah, I think those are valid points. Um, I just think the Patriots defense really isn't that good, man. Like, I know the Dolphins, I don't know if your boy Gaskin is going to be back, but, and I know Cam Akers is a guy that I really liked. And I think, I mean, even if you guys weren't as high on him as I was, you guys knew that he was a dynamic athlete and those outside zone runs that he they were able to do. Like the Patriots defense just didn't really have an answer for that. And I think Miami just can kind of run the ball and just have Tua 
You know, I think Gusecki being out is, is huge for Miami, not having him, but I still think they have some pretty solid weapons. So, again, I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means, but I think it's basically a pick em. I would I would kind of lean Miami. Uh, Lee, I think you make some good points, but let's move on to the NFC North. Minnesota. The Chicago Bears are traveling up to Minneapolis uh, to play the Vikings, and they are three-and-a-half-point dogs with a total of 47-and-a-half. Clep, you're a resident Chicago Bears expert. Um, what do you think about this yeah, game? Yeah, don't be fooled by what happened on offense last week. It was kind of more of the same from Trubisky, not really making any impressive throws, but just you know putting the ball where it should be on little short routes and dump offs. And you know they have some dynamic players on on you know my guy Mooney. You got you know D- David Montgomery has been running really well, which has been I think you know Bears fans are super excited to see that. Um, I mean, the offense is better when Trubisky's playing. Uh, I think it's looking more and more like that um, only one team, the Packers, are going to make the playoffs from the NFC North. Uh, I'll sign with the Vikings here, minus three and a half, and I'll pick them to win, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I don't. I, I will spend uh, zero seconds watching this game. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I'm going to pick the Bears, man. I'm gonna pick the Bears. I mean, they should they should have won the last two weeks. I'm gonna so. pick a ba- I'm gonna pick the Bears to stab a stake through the heart of the Minnesota Vikings and how I perceive them this year. Because, like I said last episode, every time I expect this team to have a performance where they they win when they need to, they, they kind of don't. And the only time they've done that is when they went to Chicago and beat the Bears in prime time, and that was just an d- utterly disgusting game. And the Bears <laughs> played so terrible. Terrible. It was like. It was like the worst team in the NFL playing the second worst team in the NFL that night. That's how it felt, at least. Um, not Kirk really. Cousins' first Monday night win, though. Yes. So yeah. I- I'm going to take the Bears here just to just to be you know p- pour some excitement into the segment here, just because I-, I don't think Minnesota. I think Minnesota is still in the playoff race, but I don't really think they're worthy, honestly. And I think Kirk's been playing decently well, but there are just too many. Right when Minnesota seemingly figures out one problem, another one ar- arrives out of out of thin air. So. I think that might be the case, and I think there might be some uh, some bitter feelings in Minneapolis after the Bears come in and and kind of completely, you know, get rid of their of their playoff hopes this year. Yeah, uh, I don't really want anything to do with this game. Uh, I'm going to be picking the Vikings, but gun to head, I would probably take the Bears plus three and a half. Um, I think their defense is going to be motivated to uh, you know play well. I think it probably plays out kind of like that game in Chicago back in in October, whenever it was. Um, You know, I think Minnesota's offense obviously is very live with Dalvin, Cook, and then um, Jefferson and Thielen. Uh, But, you know, I think Chicago can kind of match up against them well. And then the Vikings' defense just isn't very good, kind of plain and simple. And I think, you know, the Bears kind of have a floor – of production against kind of bad defenses. And I think we saw that last week against Houston. Obviously that probably was a bit of a, an aberration, but um, I think they're going to be able to put some points up against Minnesota. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to be touching this game. Total looks probably just about right. And um, if I had to, I'd probably take the bears plus three and a half just cause you're getting the hook. Um, let's go down to Tennessee. The Detroit lions are traveling down to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans, 10.5-point dogs, with the total being 51.5. Uh, Chase Daniel starting. Is, is Chase Daniel officially starting? It's not official, but it, it, I, it, he's going to. He's, he should. He should. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Take the Titans. Like, uh, the, the Lions, uh, the defense is just like, we're seeing a little less of, you know, the horrible, like, play calls in terms of just, like, press coverage with no, you know, bumping, like the press and run coverage. And you're seeing less of just, like, only playing man. Um, and you're seeing a little more attempts for them to, to create pressure. Um, but, it, you know, the personnel is also is just so bad. It's just so awful on the defensive side. So, um, yeah, I, not too much to say about this one. Titans should, should roll. Yeah, I'm 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 with you, man. I I don't want to waste too much breath on this one, just because the Lions' season is over, and I I don't know if I'd be in a rush to to lay ten with the Titans, but uh, but I I would definitely prefer doing that to taking the points with Detroit. Yeah, uh, my whole handicap kind of hinges on on Stafford not playing. I mean, obviously, if Stafford's playing, I think ten and a half with the Lions is just a steal, and if he gets announced that he's playing, this line's going to move very fast. But I'm going to pretend like he's not playing because, as you guys both said. He's got the rib injury. He definitely should not be playing. I would. I think I'm going to take the Titans minus 10.5. I'm going to take an under 51.5. I'm going to take a, a Lions team total under because uh, Chase Daniel is not good, man. Um, it's Right now I'm looking at it. It's 20.5 is the Lions team total right now, uh, juice to the under. Um, I just think that this is going to be the Titans are going to have a stranglehold on this game the whole time. Chase Daniel's not good. He's not going to be able to take advantage of a really – pretty bad Tennessee defense that can't rush the passer or really cover the pass uh, either. And then you guys summed it up with the Lions defense. Not very good. Derrick Henry is in the MVP conversation like he always is kind of at the end of December. Um, and, you know, the, the Titans offense is, you know, I think it kind of is like a game like we saw last week with Jacksonville, really, to be honest. I think it's kind of a similar game script if Chase Daniel is the quarterback. So, um, I'm not really expecting a lot of fight out of the Lions with if Stafford's not their quarterback. Um, let's move on to FedEx Field. This is the game that I'm most excited for because I haven't been this pumped to back a team since Baltimore took on Indy. This is my empty out the kids college fund bet. Seattle traveling to Washington as five point dogs. Favorites. Favorites. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> I'm on my second glass of vino, of red right now. <laughs> this is... This man's the host. Yeah, I'm, I'm hosting, all right? He said he was clean living. You're just... Hey, I'm on the legal substances, all right? I'm on the legal <laughs> substances, all right? The clean living, uh, you know... Long Island sober. If yeah. There's Cali sober, and then there's Long <laughs> Island sober. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, hey, I mean, I think I don't need to wax poetic anymore about the Washington football team. I think I've 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 beat Lee in that argument. I think the argument that Lee laid out in the NFC East podcast that will never be released because he doesn't want to because he because he made an an ass of himself. He made an ass of himself fading the Washington Football Team, saying that their their name is the Football Team. They're not going to be good. You know what, Lee? You got to live with that. All right, not our audience. Dude, for, okay. First of all, I said way more things than that. Second of all, I'll release the. I don't even know that I didn't release that episode. <laughs> you didn't. Third of all, the only reason th- that we were having that argument is because you were saying similar things about the Giants, who are one game back and beat Washington in both games this year. Fraudulent. Need I remind They're you? Fraudulent and victories. finally, They're the fraudulent last point victories. to that would be the only damn reason you're in this conversation is because Alex Smith got robo leg and saved the football team's whole season from it. The, in, in, in existence, this team would be a two or three win team maximum if Dwayne Haskins or Kyle Allen was the quarterback. I, I, I take they, I take your point, but 
my whole handicap with the football team was that defensive line and that defense. And that has come to fruition. And all I got to say is say less. That being said. There's like three weeks left, buddy. I understand. There's three no, weeks no, no. left, and Blake Martinez is the captain of the New York <laughs> Giants and is a stonewall in the red zone. Did you see the tackle he made at the goal line last week? No, I didn't. The he man is a killed sto- Kirk. Every Kirk. Every week yeah. there's something that happens where Blake Martinez rises to the occasion <laughs> and, ma- and makes you sound like a fool. Makes you sound like a fool for overlooking him and, and giving your PFF take. Oh, tackles don't matter. Yeah, tackles matter. Yeah, tackles matter. <laughs> All right, like, no, Blake Martinez tackles don't matter. Sidebar, sidebar. Healthy Daniel Jones, neutral field. Washington, New York. What are you making the line? Whoa, Tommy, this has been an, this instance has happened already in real time twice, and the Giants won both games. Yes, which are well, they're so both what? those are both kind of fraudulent victories. One was Rivera okay, going man. for two. I, I can't. I, we 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 need it. I love the Seahawks bet. If you want, we can talk about it. Seahawks minus five is my first best bet. Even though I said I wasn't going to bet against Washington, screw Washington. I'm, I'm I'm angry. I can't use harsher words because. That team, I don't like anything about the team. They're lucky that they're in this position. Oh, they're lucky. They, have Wonder Boy de- they have a Wonder Boy defensive line to make everything else work for them. And that Alex Smith is an angel sent from heaven by the football gods That's exactly to, what I to said. get his leg restructured. And, you know, if Dwayne Haskins is starting in this game, Seattle will win by 14 points or more. I agree. That's my, that's my prophecy. I agree. And even if Alex Smith is playing, lay the five with Seattle. They're going to win by a touchdown or more. Washington, fraudulent this, fraudulent that. Washington's fraudulent. I like Seattle. We can we can move on before things get explosive. Let's move on. Great great handicap. Things already have gotten explosive. It's too late. <laughs> great great handicap, Lee. I I completely agree. And uh, I think the question is, what team is is going to FedEx Field in the in the wild card round? I think that's a question. Oh I think that's God. a question. Let's move on to the toaster, Lee. Dude, dude goes one game up, and now all of a sudden, it's what team is going well, to FedEx Field? Okay, man. It's not even about the, the. It's not about that anymore. I think I've won the argument. I think I've won the argument. The football team. <laughs> Clear. Oh my God, Tommy! The argument was who's going to win more games. So I no, you, you haven't won the argument. <laughs> the, the argument is yet to be won or lost. We'll see at the end of the season who has more wins. That's why we bet a hundred dollars on it. I don't know. <laughs> like, all right, let's go on to the toaster. Arizona. Lee's boy Jalen Hurts, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, traveling to Arizona. The Cardinals are six and a half point favorites with a game total of forty nine. Klepp, where's your head on this one? Uh, baller, baller Hassan Reddick, uh, five sacks, three forced fumbles last week. Uh, just made Andrew Thomas go back to his uh, early early season days. Um, so you know, great great effort from Hassan. It was a big fan of his. Uh, he's, he hasn't quite done what what I expected him to do in the NFL, but it was good to see. Um, Eagles, plus six and a half. I'd take that. Anything else to add? Just you're just going Eagles. I don't know. I'd like to hear what Lee says about his Cardinals. They, um, I mean, they they beat the Giants last week just pretty easily. I'm still not like sold on them. I think they'll make the playoffs. I guess I don't. I don't know. I, I would take the Eagles plus six and a half, and I would expect Arizona to win the game. The Cardinals can't score in the red zone. They can't score I touchdowns, which is uh, really worrisome. And also, Looks like that's the same thing from last year. They, they've gotten a little bit better all around, but the the issues from last year are kind of coming back. They try to run Kenyon Drake like he's like a bruiser, when in reality, I feel like Chase Edmonds is just as viable as a goal line rusher. Like It's not like Kenyon Drake is like busting people over. That all being said, best bet number two, Arizona minus 6.5. 
Screw Philadelphia. The books even know. The books even know that this is uh, this is a good number. Six. I would have assumed that this would have been three and a half, considering the fact that Arizona couldn't score in the red zone and Philly's coming off a huge win against New Orleans. The books know. It was an aberration. Congratulations, Jalen Hurts. You played a Mitchell Trubisky-esque game where you throw for 100 yards and rush for 100 yards and fumble, and your team wins by three points. Great. You know, there's the, the, the Taysom Hill experiment didn't work for the first time this year. Sure, we're moving on to this week. Arizona minus six and a half. I think the Cardinals control this game. I think Philadelphia's defense goes back to the norm, which is not good. Uh, and I think Kyler has his biggest rushing game in the past few weeks. I think he's going to get his legs moving in this one. I think Arizona's going to open it up and uh, win by a touchdown or more. Yeah, I don't know what to think about this. Um, I do think Philadelphia's defense isn't good, but I think their pass rush, man, is starting to come alive. Um, I don't know if Fletcher Cox is playing here, but Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat have seemed to be getting after it the past couple of weeks, or at least they did against um, the Saints. Definitely think that the Cardinals are going to win, but man, six and a half seems like a lot. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is is a game manager with plus athleticism, and and he's a gamer, man. He's just a, he's a bit of a winner, and I don't expect him to go out there and win this game, but I do expect them to remain competitive. I just don't really think the Cardinals are going to pull away. Clep, you mentioned the Giants game, man. Like, they blew the Giants out of the water, but really did not play well at all. A lot of it had to do with the Giants not being able to get past the 50-yard line and the Cardinals getting really good field position and, and only coming away with field goals. Lee alluded to their, their red zone struggles. So I'm definitely going to be picking the Cardinals because they got the better quarterback, the better team overall. But uh, just kind of a stay away from me. Really interested to see how Kyler responds and how Jalen Hurst responds in his in his second NFL start. Let's uh let's move on to LA. The eight rim eight win LA Rams with a win total of the preseason of eight and a half. Have the New York Jets. Did no they have nine wins, don't they? they? Nine. I think they're over the top, buddy. I thought they're both yeah, they're nine and four. Alright, never mind. But Rams, Jets, Jets traveling to LA to SoFi. The Rams are 17 and a half point favorites with a total of 43 and a half. Klepp, what do you got to say about this? I mean, just take the, I would take the Rams minus 17 and a half, I guess. I, I mean, the Jets got beat by 37 last week. I assumed they stayed out west rather than flying back to New York, but, um, yeah, it's. I mean, they're just they're horrible. They're keeping Gase so that they make sure they go zero and sixteen. I think they will. Yeah, I'm not much else to say. Definitely not going to bet this. Rams game. are a solid team. I like. Yeah. I think the Rams are good. Uh, Goff is you know prone to do a Goff thing. Uh, you know, or not not a Goff thing. Would have like a Goff game every once in a while, but uh, it, it's they should win easily. Lee, you 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 said your piece. Yeah. I'm on the Rams. Yeah, I wouldn't touch this line. I just, you know, not going to bet yeah. the whole 17 and a half thing. It's pretty insane that the Rams are 17 and a half point favorites and you have a, a total of 43 and a half. I don't know if, Clep, you want to go back and do the math on that, but that means that. No, that's okay. That, I'll stay away. That means that you're saying the, the, the Jets are going to score like 10 points probably or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm on the Rams too. I think we can kind of have a little conversation about the Rams. Um, Clep, you brought it up with Goff, you know, having a Goff game. I think the Rams are contenders, man, and it just comes down to what teams are going to make Jared Goff be the engine that drives that team. Um, You saw against New England, man, like as soon as they got that lead, they just ran the ball and were content with their defense, closing that game out and just not having Goff make any mistakes. Sean McVay is pretty conservative. Um, 
They're, yeah, but I mean, McVeigh's an elite coach with the lead. I mean, Completely. He's like, he's like 33 and zero with like at least a half. No, he so he totally I mean, is, and their defense might. I mean, a lot of people would say it's the best defense in the NFL. I don't blame those people. It's kind of hard to disagree with the way that Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are playing right now. They both are just taking over games. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, I you know, I had my my parlay back in in um, September of Packers and Seahawks to win the division, and that's starting to become a little sweat for me. These games are going to be pretty. Uh, important with the Seahawks and the Rams going down the line uh, with the Packers locking up the NFC North. Um, yeah, I think the Rams are a team that we all are going to keep our eye on going forward and, you know, a team that kind of could be in a position to, I guess the Packers are in the one seed right now with three losses and the Saints are, they both are up there with three losses. So the Rams could be in a position to finish off strong and potentially get the one seed. So that's something to keep uh, keep our eyes on. Let's uh let's move on to the game of the week. I think we'd all agree, potentially the game of the year. The Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to New Orleans as three point favorites to take on the Saints. The total is fifty one and a half. Clep, what's your thoughts? I mean, I'll just take the Chiefs minus three. They haven't covered since they played the Jets, but keep banging your head against the wall. Yeah. Eventually, one time uh, you'll break it, right? I, I don't know. I mean the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I think, are just kind of bored. I don't know. I think that they can be playing a lot better than they are. Um, I think they will. Clyde got back in in the mix last week, which was good to see. Um, I don't know if the Breeze. They haven't announced if Breeze is playing yet. This was kind of his target for a return. You know, who knows if that really makes too much of a difference. Saints have been able to win without him, and it's not like he was playing at some ridiculous clip before he was hurt. So. Um, I'll just stick with the Chiefs. Yeah, the only reason this isn't a best bet is because I bet on the Saints last week, and I've hated the Saints all year. So if I bet <laughs> against them now, they're going to win. Uh, that's kind of my logic. Um, Tommy and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. I think Taysom Hill playing quarterback in this game gives the Saints more of an advantage to win, honestly, against the Chiefs because I think they would be able to control the ball a little bit more with Taysom Hill and what he can do with his legs um, on offense. But with all that being said, I'm all over the Chiefs minus three. I think they'll win this game. Um, I think it'll probably be close. You'll see the Saints' defense rise to the occasion. But even still, I don't think they'll be able to keep up with the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs end up winning this one. Best bet number two, Chiefs minus three, baby. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, Lee, Lee brought up the conversation we had earlier. I think it's going to be – I think Taysom Hill gives the, the Saints the best chance to win, like Lee alluded to. I completely agree with the, able, the, the way that they'd be able to control the clock. That's kind of how you beat the Chiefs. We saw the Colts do it last year. Um, I guess we saw the Raiders do it to a certain extent. And, you know, it's controlling the, the clock and not letting the Chiefs dictate the terms of the game. Um, and I think the, that Taysom Hill gives them their, their best chance to do that. I don't think an injured Drew Brees coming back, you know, even though he's officially designated to come back this week, coming back probably too early. You know, I don't, I've never broken my ribs. I've heard it's excruciating. I just don't think there's any rush for him. Um, to be brought back. But I do think we were talking about the Rams and kind of the overall landscape of the NFC. Um, I kind of was talking about it in the offseason, how I was backing the Saints, but I was really pumped to fade them in the playoffs. I think the Saints need to get the one seed if they want a shot at getting to the Super Bowl. I think if they have to go to Lambeau or even LA, I guess, um, or, you know, it's Seattle, any place where it could be potentially inclement weather weather i'm guessing i guess i'm talking more about green bay and um seattle but green bay is in the one seed right now that is that's it i will definitely be backing the packers in the nfc championship if it's saints at packers 
Um, I don't think Drew Brees is going to be able to thrive in that situation. So I do think this is a huge, huge game for the Saints and potentially a must-win game for them. But I just think, you know, Clep, I thought you brought up a really good point. I think the Chiefs are kind of bored right now. I think, you know, this is – I think both these teams have really been looking forward to this. I think the Saints probably lost a little bit of that loss to Philadelphia was them being in a look-ahead spot to Kansas City this week. So I will probably be on the Chiefs, and um, I, you know, I can't wait to watch this game. So let's move on to the Meadowlands, the Cleveland Browns. The, the world-beating Cleveland Browns are traveling to New York to take on the Giants. They are four-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 44. Klepp, you want to take this one? Yeah, I'm mean, happy for Browns fans. Two uh, primetime you know, games in two weeks. That's uh, awesome for them. Um, too bad they couldn't get the win on Monday night against the Ravens. I mean, seeing the crowd shots was just awesome. They're going nuts there at first energy. Uh, I like them minus four and a half. Uh, again, I, I mean, Daniel Jones, when he's hurt, is just like not a viable quarterback in the NFL. So um, I think the Browns are just kind of a well-oiled machine. Baker's been playing pretty well as of late. Um, I think he's kind of playing as well as he can. So um, I like the Browns minus four. Best bet number three, baby. I said it a couple weeks ago. I'll say it again now. Giants at home. Glad they flexed this to prime time. This is where the Giants get even. And Tommy can stop talking about how who's going to play at FedEx Field. Because so, so question for you guys is if they tie, does Lee win because they won twice? I don't think he should. Well, I'm not going to argue that because the bet – I mean, I'm, I'm a man of my word. Yeah. The bet was who would win more games. So yeah. I, it wasn't who would make – the playoffs, if, I mean, shoot, I, we were both wrong in, under the context of, like, neither of us thought either of these teams would make the playoffs, probably. So yeah. um, that's why, again, why it's silly that yeah. Tommy's saying that I'm wrong when in reality we're both wrong. You you undervalue the Giants, obviously, too. I mean, they're one game behind behind Washington. So anyways, the Giants, I mean, I'm assuming Cole McCoy is going to play at home based on what I've heard reading about uh, Daniel Jones' injury, and I think that's probably for the best. Definitely kind of sucks that Daniel Jones isn't healthy. Um I think a healthy Daniel Jones does give the Giants the best chance to win. But like I said before the Seattle game, I don't think Colt McCoy is that big of a step down. And I think if the Giants can kind of control the ball on offense and their defense can rise to the occasion, which it absolutely will need to do in order to win this game, the Browns' offense is, has been extremely dynamic and well uh, coached the past uh, this whole season. So um, I think this is kind of where the Browns start to slow down a little bit, dare I say it. You're coming off all these wins you've piled together – Across the regular season, you and then you lose to the Ravens. Now you got the Giants. Obviously, you play the Jets and then the Steelers. So I think um, you know the, the, this game is a little bit bigger for the Giants than it is for the Browns. Not that I think that'll matter too much in the end, but give me the four and a half with New York at home in prime time. I think this will be a close one in the fourth quarter, and hopefully the Giants will come out on top. Yeah, this is going to be my my best bet. Number three is the Browns minus four and a half. Ooh, best bet lock off. <laughs> Like it. I just think the Browns' offense is absolutely humming, and while I I think that I underrated the Giants' defense, and they've they've played very well this year, I just think that I like the the matchup that the Browns have um, on offense. I think they're going to be able to. I just think the Browns are a pretty hard team to stop on offense. What they're able to do with Chubb and Hunt, and then what Mayfield is able to do off the back of that. Um, shout out Rashad Higgins, Clep, looking for his third touchdown in a row. I think that happens this week in New York. Um, I think what they're able... It won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on the it won't side. He's on Bradbury Island. 
That's not. Oh, I guess Jarvis is in the. I guess yeah, that, that, that probably is true. Jabril Peppers pick. Jabril payback pick. Payback pick. Payback I'll go as far to say as Rashad Higgins drops a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> I'll. Uh, we will all be waiting with bated breath to see the result of of both of our our props. Um, but totals forty four seems kind of a bit low. I think you know. I think the Giants should be able to put up some points on the Browns' defense. I don't think the Browns' defense is very good. Um, I think Miles Garrett is an absolute difference maker. Um, Andrew Thomas versus him, that does not spell good for Thomas. I think that's going to be a pretty a pretty good matchup. And I just think the Browns are kind of humming right now. I think the coaching is, is – I'd give the coaching edge of the Browns. I'd give the quarterback edge of the Browns. And I think the defense is – we give a slight edge of the Giants on defense. But I just think the Browns are going to be able to put up uh, some points. I think Baker is humming right now and – whether it's Colt McCoy or a hampered Daniel Jones, I just don't think they're going to be able to to keep up with that. So I'm on the Browns minus four and a half. Um, I think that's a really nice look. Uh, let's stay in the AFC North and go to Cincinnati for Monday night. The flailing Pittsburgh Steelers all of a sudden, who have dropped two straight, are traveling to Cincinnati as 12-point favorites with a total of 40. Um, quick math. Never mind. Um, 28, 28, uh, 12 is 14, 14, 26, 14, 26. You're right. Clep. You're right. Um, uh, 14, 26 implied score. Um, let's, let's, let's put this, this, uh, this rolls on our head and I'm going to, I'm going to start this off and Steelers minus 12, baby. The Bengals suck. Worst team in the NFL. Give me the Steelers minus 12 bounce back spot. Um, they're going to win this game by 14 points at least. What do you think the line would be for a Jets Bengals game? I'd say I'd say Jets Just pick them. Jets minus two and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, obviously I I railed on the Steelers a little bit uh, before we got into the games, uh, but if there's ever a get right spot for them, it, it's here. Uh, so I like them to take care of business against the Bungles. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Minus twelve, not enough. I think the Steelers are. Cover. What a dud to end the week. Winning cover. This should be. This dud, should be yeah. like a Rams Jets. This should be like a. This is Monday point. Night Movie Night at, yeah. at, at, in Pine Valley. Yeah. <laughs> James Conner, give give me something. Give me something, man. Ten carries for eighteen yards in round one of the fantasy playoffs. Let's give a golf clap for James Conner. I hate to say it, dude. Chris is the Undertaker, man. Yeah, uh, I, I am is, in a, I'm in a bad spot. Chris is the Undertaker. I'm in a bad spot. Chris is going to win the championship yeah. this year. Yeah, it looks uh, like he's it. the Undertaker, and I hate to admit it. Gasecki's out. He's got friggin' Irv Smith. And yeah, I, I know, know, I know. Dude. I'm, I in, I'm know. in trouble. I'm in I, trouble. I'll, I'll be I'll be keeping an eye out for it, but dude, I mean, just the, Gusecki, the firepower. Gusecki's out, but he traded Rondale Moore for Tyreek Hill, basically. He traded 1-8 or whatever, 110 yeah. for Tyreek Hill, yeah. so... Uh, I, I need a I need a big big Tannehill Davis stack against my Lions. I think that's very possible, Club. I think that's very possible. Yeah, yeah, not bad. And then I got Ayuk against the the Cowboys. Always got Kelsey. Could use a Kelsey and a Clyde TD. Hey, I'm Gibson, right in it. Gibson should get his against Seattle well, too. Well, he's got yeah, turf he, toe. And, is he playing? No, I didn't practice. But here's another thing, man. That Ravens no defense good. is shutting down James Robinson. James Robinson under ten and a half fantasy points. Yeah. I like that. He'll get like nine points. It's my first ever playoff game, boys. Get excited for yep. um, I didn't. I'm going to say this right now, though. The bye teams, the bye, it's scary, man. 
Well, I, I, I would have lost last week. Yeah. So if I didn't, up, yeah, well, I, you, your team put up like a I, seventy. I, I, well, yeah, I didn't. Set, I didn't set the lineup. It would have been more like eighty because Clyde was on the bench. I would have started Clyde over AP. I didn't touch my lineup. Hey, you'd but, be in. But, you'd yeah. be in the uh, the BJP uh, eighty club with me and Lee. Let's just say I got ninety one, boy. What's up? I, I was I was checking that score because you were before the game. You were like, yeah, if I would have beaten you this week, though, and you weren't taking any. Oh, Mark and Mark Andrews. I get I get paid eight million dollars to make a bottle look pretty. Max Keller.